another CornerCast podcast here on casterscorner.com. I am your host, Khalil, and this week on the CornerCast, we have a very special guest, um, Blaine from Blainer Things, um, B-L-A-I-N-E-R-T-H-I-N-G-S, on Instagram, on Twitter, and Facebook. Um, Blaine has, I'm trying to think, I think I saw over the last year, we started to see sites like mine and Blaine and AIC and um, a lot of other sites get access to do interviews with people from toy companies and stuff since we don't have any conventions. And it's been really great to see sharing of what's going on in the toy community since we don't have all these touch points that we usually do throughout the year. Um, So it's been really fun to see him do... um, a series called uh, Special Guests on Instagram, um, where he did Instagram uh, TV or Instagram Live um, videos with special guests um, throughout 2020. And hopefully he will continue into 2021. I think that he is planning to. It's just him finding time. Um, so Blaine and I sat down and talked for about an hour, um, got to know each other, talked about toys, talked about, you know, the passion that goes in, in, in it. Um, a very different perspective growing up than, than me, um, which was refreshing. It was kind of like, um, what I would hope I would be like, um, as a parent growing up and fostering the collectability of toys. Um, so it was a really, really fun and great conversation we had. Um, so yes, I hope you guys enjoy it. And, uh, yeah. Uh, what else is going on? We got a lot of toys. We're in going into week 14 on our toy of the day, um, which is insane to me that um, 14 weeks. So that's what? So that's like three and a half months because um, we started like mid-December, I think. And there's like no sign of slowing down because the room is still full of toys. And... Um, this week's is all toys I bought in the last week. So I'm not even going to get to the backlog that is settled in the bottom of my shelving unit. Um, I have pictures taken. I'm all ready to go with them and I'm still not going to get to them because, you know, we got, we did Deadpool tonight. Um, we got Ultra Magnus. We got uh, Midas from Fortnite. We got Clamp Champ, Winter Soldier. Um, trying to think what else. Winter Soldier, yeah. So we just have so much going on um, that's going to keep us busy. I'm just looking at the desk. Like, they're all just laid out after their photo shoots. Um, ready to be talked about on our YouTube channel. So you can check that out. Uh, YouTube.com backslash Caster's Corner. Um, yeah, it's just been busy. It's been very, very busy. We hope that you like the new setup um, for the videos. Uh, we thankfully, our friend Brian... Got us a whole new display to put in the background, so that's been great to have, as well as some of the other stuff. Um, you can see some of the Easter eggs behind me um, that we'll be adding to you, so you can see it change over time. Um, yeah, that that's about it. We're just you know continually to pump out, to go through, to try to hit that one-year mark. And 90, 92 days in, today is 92, day 92, and I actually lost count. Um I couldn't remember if I did something, how to look it up in my book. Um, so that's been, it's been fun to do that. So, so yeah. So like I said, back to the podcast. Um, so this week we have Blaine from Blainer Things, um, upcoming podcasts. We've got some great ones with Adventures in Collecting. Um, i trying to think who else. Uh, we, we have a bunch. I've kind of lost track. I really have. We've got some new people. We've got some collectors. Um, featuring uh god yeah no i really did i completely lost track of who we have coming up but we've got some good ones we've got blaine um from blaine and things we've got adventures and collecting um i'm sure mj will be back from we're trying to figure that out um our friend jeff's coming back bill and i are going to do a live um toy of the day it, it, we just have so much up in the air it's kind of insane so hopefully that you're enjoying all the content hopefully you'll come back Um, and see more every day or try to catch up on the weekends or whenever you can. Nice quick reviews. Um, But yeah, so you can follow Blaine, uh, Blainer Things on all things social media. Uh, Instagram is where I think he's most active, um, that I'm most active and following him. Um, Remember to follow us. We are at Caster's Corner on all social media. 
um, as well as on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Gaster's Corner. And remember to subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, subscribe, share our podcast. Um, like I say on our YouTube channel, the more of you that subscribe, the more stuff we get to do. And we want to bring you more and more content. So, cause we really enjoy doing it. Um, so without further ado, it is myself, it is Blaine talking all things toys. Enjoy guys. Sunday morning conversation. Rising and shining. It's, uh, you know, it, I think this is the first Sunday that I haven't run out of the house to go find toys in a really long while. We're like, I'm not, I don't have, my phone hasn't blown up and I'm like, okay, it's 7am. How many stories can I get to before anybody else gets there? <laughs> um, you know, yeah. So thanks for taking the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I did my, I did my toy hunting earlier. So <laughs> mine came in the mail. I just got my Ahsoka troopers. I, yeah, I just got, uh, I just got two of those on, I think Thursday they came in. Yeah. Yeah. I got those. And then I got silver surfer yesterday. It was, it was a nice same. It was, yeah. Yeah. And then this guy, um, local toy shop had them for like close to retail. Nice. So I was like, what? Yeah. So I was like, okay. You have them before me. <laughs> Literally, we didn't even get our samples in the warehouse yet. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where he got them. I don't know how he got them. Um, I'm talking about Marty uh, that I did on my review mm. earlier. Um, and uh, yeah, he you know he posted them, and I was like, hey, I need it. And he held it for me till the weekend, and I went and picked it up, and I was like, all right. I'm like, I get the marketing here. Like, I was like, I, that was the one piece of my review. I was like, okay, we got a lot of pieces that go with other Martys. I'm like, I'm good with that. Like, I'm good with it. Um, nice. So, yeah. So, I think I found you um, Adventures in Collecting. Started posting, reposting your stuff. Yeah. And started, I love them. They're great. I, they are. They're such a great bunch of two guys. They, they Eric and Dave are just great. Um and then I started following you and I started watching some of your interviews and you had some really big ones this year. Like I think 2020 really changed the way companies work in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, that was the kind of the one bright side to COVID was that we got a lot more um, personal interaction, you know, people that went to conventions, they could go to toy panels and kind of get the behind the scenes and get interaction with, um, industry professionals and 2020 nixed all of that. Uh, and I think it was just a way, you know, industry professionals love, you know, giving this information as, as much as we love receiving it. So it was a way for them as well to connect with the fans on a, on a more personal level. What was it like for you? Cause I, I don't know, we'll get into a little more of your background, but like, um, had you been doing interviews with people before? Had you been covering things um, to that extent where you would get that access normally and then, you know, put it out? Yeah. So uh, I would do light Comic-Con coverage. Um, you know, obviously a lot of my fan base and followers uh, are within the toy community. Mm -hmm. So when I would go to Comic-Cons, um, toy fairs, things like that. I would definitely cover them. Like I said, lightly, I would post a few reveals. Uh, I would keep up to date in my stories, but there are, there are great pages that follow it much more intensely. So I didn't feel the need for it. You know, we are in that the age where everyone kind of instantly posts. So the information was there and I grew to just want to enjoy the comic cons more. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of having this fascination with the toy industry since childhood and um, being a conceptual designer uh, and being knowledgeable of kind of the inner workings. I just wanted to know more. I was a sponge. So I just started talking to these industry professionals, not necessarily interviewing them, uh, but just talking to like-minded people, people who uh, based on interests, I would be friends with outside of, outside of that. And uh, I just started connecting with people and um, creating friendships, acquaintances, relationships, uh, and it just sort of stemmed from there. So when 2020 happened, um, it actually started with me doing uh, quote unquote quarantine streaming mm -hmm. and I would play a movie 
mm-hmm. on Instagram live and do kind of that like mystery science theater where I would just like kind of anecdotally uh, commentate while we were watching the movie and it kind of really blew up and people loved the interaction. And um, I figured, like I said, I love the behind the scenes of the toy industry. And I figured if I had these connections and they're sitting at home bored, not being able to work, being stuck inside, um, why not showcase them? Why not give them the spotlight instead of the toys, the spotlight for a change. And that's, that's where it kind of snowballed. It's, it's funny because I I did, I've been doing some podcasts recently and we talk about some of the people in the industry and we say their names and we think of them a little bit like rock stars because they're the the guys that make the stuff we love, right? Like they're the artists behind it. And so like we Mm -hmm. talk about them and there are times where we'll be in a conversation and we'll drop a name or say something and, and I'll think in my head going, I hope everybody knows who we're talking about because like for (laughs) us, like, you know, we know all the bigger names like that do stuff like, you know, Dwight at Hasbro or Randy um, at NECA or Drake at Mezco. Like we know these bigger names that kind of come with it that because we've dealt with them, but we're not sure like how many people actually know that stuff. So it's really interesting to kind of that those people have been able to get so much more exposure Mm -hmm. Um, than normal because you might see a live stream at a comic-con or something but they're in a panel and you don't always see their names and to kind of highlight them one-on-one like this um i think it's great i think it's great that they get some of the recognition too so absolutely go ahead yeah Uh, i was just about to say you know one of my one of my coworkers had said just recently that the novelty wears off uh and it's on, on one hand, it's nice to know that they are humble and they do it because they love to do it, not for the fame. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's kind of sad because the novelty shouldn't wear off. Like you said, they're they're almost our version of rock stars. They are who make this all possible and should be celebrated for that. Yeah. So I think, you know, I had a period of time because I've been doing this for, I think the website's been up for 15 years. And in reviewing these things and looking at these things, there there was a period of time probably in the middle where I got sick of them. Like just the, the novelty and the fun of it or the excitement behind it was just like, oh yeah, no, this is just this buck or this is this body. And somehow I came out the other side with a renewed passion or renewed excitement about it. And I think everybody goes through that sometimes. Um, but it, it's it definitely feels when you're in it like you you can't get out of it. There there are those moments where I was just like I'm just so sick of looking at these. Like I have nothing to say about them. Like I run a review site or we do reviews regularly, and I have nothing to say about these things other than hey, I bought them. They're going in a box after I take the pictures. Like, and they're still going in a box after I take the pictures. But <laughs> I'm excited to take the pictures <laughs> again. So that's yeah. It's nice to come out the other side. And I think it's really important for anyone of any hobby to not pigeonhole themselves into liking just one specific thing. I think that's what burns you out quicker. I know that uh, I think it was last spring. uh, I went through probably a month or two where I didn't take any photos of toys uh, and, and something had happened. You know how people can be on the, yeah. on the interwebs, uh, yeah. uh, something had happened and it, and it kind of turned me off to toy photography and, uh, I lost sight of all the positive that was in the community and it had, you know, when, and when I say try to have more than one hobby, it can still relate. I love art and I love toys and I love toy photography and, um, you know, it didn't kind of put me into this depression because, I had the art to fall back on. So mm-hmm. I started just really working on my drawing and, and you can see in those, in those two months, it was just posts of drawings and yeah. it helped me kind of hone that craft. Um, so, so that's what I say, like, you know, and it could be something, I know there are a lot of toy pages that dedicate themselves to one license and then they'll go months and months without taking anything. And they'll say, you know, I just had uh, artists block. And I was like, well, try collecting something else. You must like something else by, by a couple different toys. Yeah, no. And I think it's, 
It's easier to manage, I think, when you focus, when you hyper-focus, like some of the sites do on certain things, because it, it doesn't create this backlog or, or, or mountain of things to cover. Um, so it, it helps in that respect as far as work workload and if they're, you know, continually putting that stuff out. But yeah, no, it, especially if you're, you're focused on one thing, I could see just like, I was doing that for a while where I would just review one thing, like every week do one, one specific thing. And I was like, oh yeah, no. After about five weeks, I was like, I, I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing. I got to do yeah. something. Even though I was like, I was proud of like the continuing pace of it. It was like, yeah, no, like there's only so many ways you can talk about a mini mate. Like <laughs> there's only so many things you can say about one of those things. Um, even though I love them, like I, it's, you, you do, you have that feeling, but, um, and then you go the other side where you do too much. And I think that's where I am right now, where I pretty much just go down the toy aisle. If I, if it was stocked, let's first say it, if it was stocked, I could walk down the toy aisle and pick something from almost every section and just be like, all right, this is too much. So there's a balance I think that we have to find. For sure. Yes. Finding that balance is very hard. I, uh, I am a man of, I'm, I was going to say many hobbies. I, I just like so many different genres. Um, yeah, I have to, I have to like make myself a list and be like, these are absolutely not. <laughs> these are maybe a few. I'm a completist and, and that's my problem. <clears throat> if I start a collection, uh, I, I do not collect like the uh, one sixth scale, like the hot toys and the oh, sideshow. Yeah, I know. Um, I just purchased one and it was ghost face. Cause I kind of had this obsession with scream and I have like a ghost face shrine. So that was my way of saying like, there is no slippery slope with that. It's just a ghost face and it goes with my other ghost fa- mm-hmm. ghost face. Uh, if, if it's something like star Wars, I, I can't buy one. No, that's like, so I don't do side, uh, side or hot toys and I don't do pops because they are just, I mean, pops, I could, yeah. My God, <laughs> I, I, I can, I can hold myself on pops. I, I'll admit that. Like I can get a couple, like I get night wings, like I'll get, these are my favorite character. So I'll get those. And like, I've gotten a couple, like I've gotten an Ewok and sometimes I get them as gifts, but like for the most part, like I've, I've been able to hold that back. Hot toys scares me. Like hot yeah. toys and sideshows scare me. Like there's a couple I want. I've been eyeing a, a Return of the Jedi Luke. That stayed at like a reasonable price for about three years now. And I'm like, I I really would just want him. But then I was afraid of what would happen. And I'm still kicking myself for not getting a Michael J. Fox Marty when he came out. Like, because that price has skyrocketed. And I'm like, I can't. But yeah. Well, now you've got the Neko ones. I do. They look fantastic. And not to say that Hot Toys, I I would never knock. They are beautiful and amazing. But at least you've got a slightly less expensive option <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean that's that's what happened with me in mezco where um i saw like i had held off like i had seen the 112s everywhere um at conventions and stuff and it was always like no i'm good like i'm good with my marvel legends or i'm good with my dc you know multiverse like i'm, I'm good with those and then somebody posted a review of the superman and i was like okay i'll get superman and now i have a bookcase full <laughs> of yep. mezco boxes and there's oh no i brought those downstairs to the bookcase so yeah like how it just, happens it is but i've held my rule i have i make rules i think that's what holds me where mm-hmm. my, my yes. rule for for 112s are um only dc and only comics so if it's not a, if it's not a comic book dc i don't do it and there you go and marvel same thing like i don't do marvel because i do marvel legends and i'm like i'm only going to do one mm-hmm. um but sometimes those rules break. For sure. that's, that's I know it's, it's sad. I, I do the same thing. Like I said, you know, you, you make that list and uh, very similarly, like with Mezco, for example, I have, I was going to say too many Marvel legends. I don't know if that's possible. Uh, uh, so I do the same thing. Like don't dive into Mezco and get these stylized versions at uh, a higher price point when I'm, when I know that I'm satisfied with the Marvel legends. Yeah. Um, and then every once in a while I see like a figure arts or a, uh, Metacom. And I'm like, God, 
character. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm staring at the the into the Spider Verse Miles and and the and and this Amazing Spider Man Carnage that are right above my desk. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. I took the dive on those. They're pieces of art. They are. They're beautiful. They really it's it's are. hard to say no to art. <laughs> it is, and and that's what that's kind of where I've I've come with it for from the other side of it. Um, that kind of helped with it was like because I work in a museum, you know, for the day job that pays the bills. And so I have a little bit of appreciation for, for the, the setup, the artistic setup for, for art and, and for historic pieces and toys kind of fall into that realm for me, like of art and, you know, the design of them and the look of them. And then the posing, the, the art, art stuff that you guys do with the photography is amazing. Um, and then the historic thing for me where I've gone back, the, the quarantine has got me to go back and um, fill gaps <laughs> in my grown up, my kid collection where like, yeah, I picked up secret wars. I picked up bionic six. I picked up some thundercats like of the old stuff to kind of compare to the new stuff. Um, Definitely a trend. I think with collectors over quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been, yeah. I don't know what it was about having that time. You know, I guess you just reflect on happier times and for a lot of people that was childhood and you want to capture that. Well, it was also not going to like 10 stores a day. Like uh, yeah. I wasn't out of the house. Like I stayed in for the most part. And if Brickseek or Popfinder didn't show something in stock, I, I didn't go out. So it was like, I'd be sitting there scrolling at night going, yeah, no, I, I could use another Bionic 6 figure. Oh, it's carded. It's not that bad of a price. <laughs> okay. Why, why not? Like, I don't have that yet. Um, yeah, I did GoBots too. Like I, yeah, went deep <laughs> for those. Amazing. Um, so what kind of got you into toys? Like, what was your like intro? What was your gateway as a kid? Uh, gosh, it, I mean, you know, when I say, I, I don't know if it sounds cliche or not, but when I say like collector from birth, I really do mean it. Uh, I was born into, uh, having parents that were that were big nerds uh, my mom isn't so much i'd say a nerd as she is a collector maybe a hoarder but she's more of like the completest mm -hmm. like if she's going to collect something it needs to be all of them mm -hmm. and then uh and then my dad uh you know had had collected action figures he had my my grandmom was a trekkie a huge trekkie so she passed that on to my father who then passed it on to me so out of the womb i had you know, the was it Galoob, the original Star Trek, the motion picture action figures. Yeah. Uh, those were my first toys. Uh, so it really was from birth. And, um, you know, my mom is very artistic and kind of pushed um, the arts on my family uh, and was very always encouraging. She knew I started drawing at a young age as well. And I would look at my toys and my comic books and my stuffed animals, things like that, and and draw based on those. And I think she kind of noticed um, that they helped to spark my creativity and imagination um, and to help fuel, you know, that imagination and creativity. Mm -hmm. She would kind of allow it, <laughs> allow it to happen, the collecting. So, yeah, it, it's been from the get. And what was your favorite stuff growing up? Like, what was like the, was it just everything or was it like, were there things that kind of like you look back on and like, no, those were my favorite. Like when I was growing up, um, you know, I definitely went through phases. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, it kind of changed depending on my age and what was coming out because I do love so many genres, but the consistence for me, the, or the constants for me, what, what kind of never went away. Um, you know, I loved the, the Kenner, like the superpowers, mm -hmm. uh, Batman 89 was the first movie I went to see in the theater and I still vividly remember seeing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, maybe it wasn't the first one I saw in the theater, but it's the first one I remember seeing in the theater. And I remember getting those, those action figures on that gold card back. Um, you know, so those, <clears throat> never went away for me. I, I continued to collect them. There was this uh, kind of swap meet place near where I grew up. And I remember breaking a couple of them 
I broke Sue Storm and uh, and the Wonder Woman. And I remember my parents finding them at this kind of swap meet. So I would just, every time I'd break one, I'd rebuy it. So they always stuck. Uh, and then Kenner Aliens was a huge one for me. Uh, as you hold up the the superheroes, love it, love yeah. it. it just um, I, I, this was another quarantine. Amazing. Uh, so the Kenner, um, the Kenner Aliens, really Kenner in general. Uh, you know they were they were my childhood. The Terminators, the Aliens. Um, oh, gosh, and then of course getting into the nineties, the the Toy Biz X Men. Yeah, like those were, I, I remember getting my first ones. Like I remember where I was when I got Wolverine and Cyclops. Like, and just like, because it was Secret Wars before that. And they, they weren't like, I have those. Like I, I rebought those and I'm looking at it going, they were okay. But like you couldn't, like they were stuck in a pose that was like they were running and <clears throat> couldn't really do much with them. And then now you've got claws that shoot out and a mask that comes off. And I was like, that was just all downhill from there. It was like, how many can I get? Like, right. Yeah. Like my room looked like your shelves, like in, in my teens, like I had like all the shelves oh, yeah. up with all the different characters and it it was, it was, yeah. Like that was, it sounds like my childhood. Like it does. I got a little, that was always, Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like you had mentioned the shelf. That was always a constant as well. Uh, having, like I said, kind of using those visuals for my imagination when, when drawing and, and creating always, I always had shelves. Um, you know, my parents always encouraged that as well. I remember having a huge Star Trek, the playmates set up like the bridge set up. Mm-hmm attached to the transporter room setup attached to the engineering setup. And they would just be like displayed. And my parents would teach me from a young age, like, you know, you can, you can play with these, but you know, look at the display, look at the art that goes into like designing that, that visually. Uh, so, Oh man, those playmates Star Trek. I'm going to have to add that to the list now too. I just, I, I honestly um, recently, like in the last five, five or six years, I gave away, the place the bridge and the engineering and the transporter room just gave there was a star trek collector who's a good friend of mine and he he usually helps me fix my car like he does work on my like i've changed my brakes and tires and stuff at his house so he's got the tools and he does that and one day i was like you know this stuff's taking up a lot of space and i don't know if like i have the diamond select star trek and i'm i try to stick to one scale sometimes it doesn't work you know yeah marvel and dc are an example of that but like for star trek i was like okay i'm just gonna do the diamond ones like that's it they're really nicely sculpted so i'm gonna get rid of my playmates and gave him all that stuff i went over and he was just like i didn't know they made these (laughs) oh that's not a fan (laughs) he's a little younger than me or i was gonna say or it's just a young fan (laughs) yeah like a younger guy He's, he's about 10 or 12 years younger than me so i was like okay like like he was aware of the like the figures, but I don't think he knew that they made the bridge playset, which is yeah. which is what it was. And I walked in with it, and he was just like, um, "But they were so much fun! Like it was just yep. like the playsets and the dio pieces that they would make back then were just so much fun. I really do miss it. I mean, they've tried a couple times to do stuff with like the Black series, where they made those like little dio pieces that you can the centerpiece the collection. Centerpiece, yeah, yeah, it just didn't it didn't have the same i don't know what it is whether it was the i was thinking about this the other day um that as a kid i loved the action features mm-hmm. like as adults now we're like don't put action features in figures <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that i actually have never liked it i've always wanted you know proper representation yeah so I'd get a playset, and I'd be like, "Don't like I." I remember the the Daily Bugle playset was one of my favorites, and I and I had told my parents, "Don't put." There was a contraption where you could put Spider Man on, and, and he kind of would swing down this zip line. Mm. Like, don't put that on there. I don't want. I don't want that in the way. I want you know. I want it to be the Daily Bugle. I wanted the Batcave to be the Batcave. I mm. wanted the. 
unless it had a feature, you know, like the the Ninja Turtles Calabunga wagon, you know, it should flip open. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it should have, uh, you know, a chair that, that flips out. Those sort of things are okay. But like the noises, I would always yeah. hate pressing a button and accidentally the noise goes off. Um, I would want, I would want to make my own noises and, and create my own universe. Yeah. I, and, and I was, I'm looking at it back on the other thing going, when I pick up the new masters universe origins, I'm like, it doesn't do the thump, 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 thump. It doesn't do the spin. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it's just an elastic. Couldn't you guys put an elastic in there somehow? Like, <laughs> and, and so, and when I got Roboto and all the little gears turned, I was like, I'm so happy right now. Like those <laughs> things made me, but I, but as far as action feature goes, I remember thinking, I forget which toy it was that I was looking at the other day. I was like, because it, it might have been, I don't remember. I really don't. But I remember thinking, no, like it was a selling point. I mean, it might have been superpowers too, where it was like, these made sense in some mm-hmm. way. Like they weren't a hindrance necessarily. Like they didn't stick out. Um, right. Like Luke were... Skywalker's lightsaber on the original. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It used to be so ma- it's it's hilarious. I think I was like five or six. Like I can't take his lightsaber off. But if you took it off, you'd never well, at least in my house, you'd never find it again. Like it was True. one of those things where Yeah. My mom also always uh had an accessory box for me. It was this little Tupperware bin mm-hmm. and it was like this is where they go. <laughs> Do not leave them out. That must have been amazing. Like, well, I mean, looking, but did you, did you keep, do you still have that stuff or did, was there a purge at some point as you grew up? Uh, so there was a purge against my will two years ago. <laughs> uh, the, the summer before last, my uh, house unfortunately burned to the ground oh, wow. and lost literally everything. Uh, and luckily, well, obviously not luckily, but for my own nostalgia's sake, a uh, few months before it happened, I had done a big kind of clean out and reorganization of my uh, walk-in closet, which was my my toy closet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, as I was pulling everything out and reorganizing, I was taking pictures uh, of all of the, this collection that I have had since childhood. And uh, so luckily I have the pictures that I can look back on, but unfortunately I, I did lose, you know, all of those action figures, both old and new. Um, but yeah, no, I was a keeper. Okay. I didn't like to sell anything. <laughs> I Yeah, no, I had like, yeah, no, everything went. Like I I was allowed, and it wasn't like a, my mom and dad didn't like force me and be like, get rid of it. But it was like, there was a period of time where we, we had tag sales and garage sales. Mm-hmm. And they're like, do you, do you want money to, to go do stuff? Yes. Like, and my dad to get like, new toys, to get new toys or to go to the movies or to, to go do, you know, something like I was obsessed with like basketball and stuff for a while or this or that. So I was like, do you want to get money to go do that stuff? Like, and, and my dad was a salesman, like he owned stores and we would go on weekends to make extra cash. He'd drive down to like New York, um, to like the, where all the, um, wholesale stores were and we'd fill the car. And on the drive back from New York, we'd stop at every gas station um, and garage um, up 95 um, through Connecticut and just sell car radios, watches, shoes, whatever he would pick up from the wholesalers, whatever fell off the back of the truck or whatever was available, we would just sell. And so there was this sales aspect to me of like, yeah, like it'd be fun to, to collect it, but it'd also be fun to then flip it and get rid of it. Um, or make money to go do something else. Um, so everything went. And I was also a little conscious of like ushering in new kids. So if kids would come, I remember getting rid of all my return original Kenner Return of the Jedi figures um, to one kid for a quarter a piece because he was really excited about Star Wars. And I was like, you know what? How much you got? You got five bucks? That covers all of them. Here you go. Like take them all, enjoy them, keep them well and and now I'm like, God damn it. I wish I still had them. But some- There's something that goes to that, you know, whole, like you said, ushering in the new generation. It does feel good when you know it's going to a good home. Uh, and and like you, we would have garage sales and things like that. Uh, but again, my parents were pretty smart. They knew 
they missed the mark on a, on a few. There were a few things that they let me sell that I, that I regret, but for the most part, they were really great about, you know, sell, sell some of the toys that you don't play with anymore to get toys that, you know, you want. Mm -hmm. Um, and for the most part, they, they could see the brands that were kind of one-offs, uh, that I didn't care too much for that. I outgrew. Um, but the staples, you know, there was a point after the Spider-Man animated series had ended and I was at that point a teenager. Uh, and I said, you know, oh, well, I, I don't need these anymore. I've outgrown them. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom stopping and saying, are you sure it's Spider-Man? Like you've loved Spider-Man forever. Mm-hmm. And just like in that, I was like, oh. Oh, I'm gonna like these again one day. <laughs> so they were smart. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never had anybody that thought that there were there were a couple times with the with the Playmates Star Trek that we bought them for the collection. Like mm-hmm. it was like it was a conscious decision to buy them and then not open them. Like there was because mm. like the the original series had that bridge box set yep. that that they all came in. And it was like, well, if you open it, then the the beauty of it or like the the collectability of it is gone. So like, don't open it. And- I have a very funny story. So you're talking about the, um, like the 1975 version of like the Kirk cast, the right? Kirk cast on but their they bridge. were made. Yeah. And yep. like a cardboard bridge. Yeah. Um, it is utterly my mother's fault for the whole, like buy one for the box and one to open. Uh, I lost and I still had in relatively okay condition. I still had the cardboard bridge mm-hmm. on my shelf open with them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, decorated on there. And after the fire, I still have an unopened one sitting in my parents' basement because they were smart enough to That's say, awesome. That's a cardboard bridge. You're going to want a second one in case you destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was. <laughs> We just never opened it. We we're like, we're never going to open it. And then I had a, I have these moments where I'll do that. And then there, there comes a day where I'm like, you know, I just want to open everything. And like we did, we spent one day and we just opened every single Playmates <laughs> toy and just ripped them off the box and just, and then I had them out and displayed for years, like years um, on the bridge set with the transporter room and with the, <clears throat> with the uh, engineering set like had it all decked out and set up and stuff um for years and years and years and then just recently like i said i gave some of it away and i sold it the rest of them as a big lot on ebay just like mm. take them all like because i just didn't have the r- room also was a factor where when you have oh, yeah. space you, sometimes you have to make harder decisions um yeah like Castle Grayskull getting away from me from the classics line. I, I don't think I'll ever get over that one. So thing is beautiful. It and is. I did not have the space for it. Luckily, my my best friend did. Well, mm-hmm. didn't. But I, I get to live vicariously when I visit. So <laughs> yeah, I have a friend of mine who is setting up an apartment. Um, and he has Grayskull and Snake Mountain. And I said, you know, when you open these, I'm coming over to play with them, right? Like, absolutely, you know, over to take pictures, but also I want to come over and play with them, like, yeah, hundred percent. The Thunder Tank, on the other hand, I've ordered one. <laughs> oh, you did! You pulled the trigger, and I am going to. I'm tomorrow, without a doubt, because I have the day off from work. I am going to eBay a couple things, and I'm gonna buy a second one, like. I'm 200% in on that Thundercat line. Like I buy everything I buy in that line. The ultimates is one to open and one to keep in the box. Like, Oh wow. You get two of them all. And and that's the only, that's the only line I do it with. Like I don't, everything else, Marvel legends, Mezco, NECA, everything else is open, like open, toss the boxes. Art works great on the boxes. I love it. I love seeing them on the shelves, but at the end of the day, I'm like, Nope. But Thundercats is like, was my thing growing up and my first dog was named panthro like yeah yeah. like there's no there's no if and or buts like so when they they decided to do the ultimates i was like i'm in and then the thunder tank came out and everybody just like looked at me like 
are you doing two? And I'm like, I'm debating three to pay for the two. Like, but I, yeah, because a friend of mine does that where he'll buy three and then flip one and then it covers yeah. whatever he bought. Um, Me like, regretting never buying a, a, or backing a second barge. Yeah. Like that barge could have paid for three other barges. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, and, and the Sentinel's killing me because I know I could, I bought three. <laughs> nice. I, I bought two. Yeah. And I bought three and at like 1157, the night it closed, I might, alcohol might've been involved. And I was like, <laughs> I need three. Like everybody else bought two. I need three. Like amazing. So I bought the third one and there's part of me, everybody's going, are you selling one of those? I have friends that are going, are you selling one? And then the other ones are going, if you don't open every one of them, we're going to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my best friend bought two. So within the collection, family collection that we call it, because whatever I have, we use for pictures and, and we kind of share collections. Yeah. Um, so technically I have five at my availability. So kind of excited about that but nice i need i need symmetry i need it to be symmetrical so i got i bought two one for each side and i i had thought about having three to kind of just line the top of my marvel shelf yeah and then in the back of my mind i was like because it exceeded expectations by a long shot like they ran out of tears right um and in the back of my mind i was like no but Galactus has to come at some point. Yeah, it does. And that will go in the middle. So, well, my thing was the, the prime Sentinel or the, not the prime Sentinel, the Bastion. He be, he can be a Sentinel. So if I got mm-hmm. two, I could have Bastion or the male Sentinel <laughs> and I'd have two females. And I'm like, no, I need one of each of those. And I'm like, if anything, one Sentinel will be in the middle as Master Mold, and then the other ones will be his flanking, his creation. So I was like... That is genius. Yeah. I was like, I can rationalize this anyway. Trust me. I'm good at that. Um, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, no, the, the tank is like everything, like childhood come true. Like everything I've always wanted. Because I bought the um, Icon Heroes one because uh, um, they did the mini mates. So I was like, okay. Like the tank, and they fit perfectly in the tank. They don't fit with the cat slayer that came out, but and I didn't get it because of that. But I got the tank, so they look great with it. So I was like, I have to get it. Like there's no, I don't know where I'm going to put two of them, but I'm buying two of them at some point. Like I will figure out how to pay for that second one, and I will buy two. But um, so I the, the other thing I want to talk about, speaking of like the art of it all, was. Like you, my repost of one of your posts, and we don't have to get into the drama of it all, but like my repost of one of your posts is my highest rated, highest viewed post ever on my Instagram. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's flattering. <laughs> like I was, I watched it and I was just like, like how, how, like, I think it, it, it topped out now at 32,000 views. And, wow. And that's. I can't even imagine what yours did. Like, I'm sure yours. Now I'm going to have to go look at, (laughs) Um, I'm going to go have to look at your posts, (laughs) see what I'm tagged in. um, It it, it was the one on election or inauguration. Like uh, it was the Captain America one. It was. Yeah. I have an insane. What would, I think I broke 15,000, which is, uh, that's a fluke. I mean, you know, my, I think my greatest, I think 6,000 was my highest liked photo of all time before that. And I usually average between, you know, anywhere between 300 and 1500. Yeah. So that was, um, yeah, I'm over, I I just looked, I'm over 15,000, you know, and I give it up to the crappy Instagram algorithm for that one, but that was very unexpected. Yeah. Um, it was like, I couldn't believe like my, I, I don't have notifications on my phone. Like I, I turned off years ago. I did it. Cause once mm-hmm. I started doing this stuff and I was at toy fair, I'd be at comic con. 
I couldn't like it just couldn't keep up and it was just annoying. So I shut off yeah. the notifications and every time I would log in and look at stuff, I'd be like, wow, like what happened? Like what is going on? Like I didn't, I also didn't expect cause it did it this week with um, like you changed the way I answer people lately. Like you definitely had influence. Oh <laughs> no. In a good way. Like, <laughs> I've been, this year has been a kind of finding myself um, in a lot of ways in the last two years of doing the podcast and starting to religiously do the YouTube channel and watch what I post on Instagram and kind of finding my voice. And because I I talked about this yesterday on a different podcast where we, I treated this like a magazine. Like I treated the website like a magazine. You do reviews, you do commentary, you cover the stuff, but you make everybody happy. Like you mm-hmm. apologize, customer service. Oh, sorry, this offended you or sorry, this bothered you, blah, 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 blah. And then I saw some of your comments and some of your responses. <laughs> and I, and literally that like that day when I posted, reposted yours, I was like, yeah, screw it. Like, here we go. Like... <laughs> let's dive into the dumpster fire and, and, and <laughs> mix it up a little bit. And sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this. And I just either delete it or just block them. Like they're just, it's stupid stuff. And then sometimes I'm like, no, let's, let's have a little verbal fight. Let's go for it and see how stupid you actually are. Yeah. You know, sometimes there is fun in, in snarky witty comebacks. I do love a witty comeback. Um, and you know, people, have kind of come to expect that from me Mm -hmm. and they think that that's all they, that that's all I do. Um, you know, I really do try to open it with education. I do try to educate people. I Mm -hmm. do think that there are a lot of people who are just ignorant and, and I was ignorant for a long time and and still am very ignorant about a great many things. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the only way that you can stop ignorance is through education. But within a, a few questions, I say you, after three or four specific questions, you can kind of find out if someone uh, is uneducated or if someone is hateful. And mm-hmm. if someone is hateful, they don't deserve my education. And let's have a laugh and give yeah. them what they deserve. I love, I love the calm. I love giving calm responses or like very yeah. rational responses and watching them spin. I think that's my favorite <laughs> of where like they get all worked up and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry somebody not hug you as a kid do you, right. do you do you do you need to talk would you like to, <laughs> do you need some help would you like somebody to talk to and they just lose it um but it's been fun to see and fun fun maybe fun's not the right word it's been nice to see your posts and some of the insight that you give through the artistic piece of it and then it's also interesting and has been thought provoking to watch Jason um, J and L. Um, Channel uh, toys, yeah, yeah, to do um, to do some of his posts because I, neither one of you are shy to 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 highlight the some of the inequalities and injustices that are going on, and it's something that we don't normally touch, and so we usually get stay in your lane, and it's been fun to kind of take part in that and also like be able to, you know, voice your opinion and voice what your feelings are, um, in a really, well, that's art. Yeah. I mean, art is expressive and art represents life and, um, it is my art and I would never push it on other people. If other people have different opinions, that's fine. They have the freedom to have their own opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, they don't have to comment on my photo. They're entitled to their opinion, uh, but, but if they publicly comment on a public picture, uh, it is it is fair game to comment back. Uh, and, you know, uh, what I try to do through my art is, A, I've always been an advocate for uh, injustices and inequalities in the world. And that is who I am at the core. And I want my art to represent who I am, of course, as most artists do. Uh, And then on the flip side of that, I think it is extremely important for anyone with a platform to use that platform uh, for education. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So using my platform to help educate people, not just in my beliefs or my opinions, but in showing people, I'll use Star Wars as an example. All of these Star Wars fans who keep telling me to keep politics out of my photos when Star Wars is a political story at its core. So to use this platform to show like, actually (laughs) you can't tell me to leave politics out when you're posting star Wars and you're talking about like Imperial, this and first order that and rebellion, this it's all about politics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, using that platform to try to educate people, you know, you, you think that you don't want politics in this, but if we didn't have, fights for equality, we wouldn't have X-Men. If we didn't have politics, we wouldn't have Star Wars. Uh, If we didn't have religion, we wouldn't have Star Wars or Battlestar Galactica or um, I don't know. Indiana Jones. Yeah, perfect example. Um, If we didn't have, you know, the lessons of what capitalism can do to you, we wouldn't have Jurassic Park. I mean, I could literally find Mm -hmm. the underlying message in any science fiction fantasy yeah. you throw at me. Uh, so for people to, to tell me to leave it out of it, and you had mentioned my, my uh, political, my Captain America post, people telling me to keep politics out of Captain America when Captain America was invented as a political hero right. is just mind-boggling. So. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, been, it's been interesting to kind of watch some of these things. And we, a friends, a couple of friends of mine were going back and forth with um, messages that weren't public. You know, they were just private messages to each other, and we were just shocked at the amount of not so much the amount of hate. I think we're well aware of what is in our society. I think the amount of personal, the feeling of being personally attacked by us posting these things. Yes. And, and taking it so personally like there are moments where you know you t- you might take something personally but just the amount that this is affecting people personally is staggering um right. to me that like like it, it's a personal affront when movie stars get fired or when people get called out or when some or we post something about toys and and they take it that way and it's like what's maybe there's a mirror um that you should look at and say, what's going on in my life that somebody who's posting a picture about a toy is, is making me this upset. And yeah. But, um, so (laughs) to pivot into something a little more fun, (laughs) one of the things I noticed that you do on your um, Instagram, in addition to some of the thought provoking posts that you do, um, you started doing a little bit of, I wouldn't say instruction, but a little bit of behind the scenes in some of the pictures that you've done on how you've Mm -hmm. kind of created them. Because as somebody that's been trying to do more posed photos and more artistic pieces of the, of the stuff when I have time to do it, um, I think it's the, the pulling back the curtain that I think a lot of people don't see because I, I think the one that popped out was the Hulk and Wolverine one you did. Um, to recreate the cover. Yes. And if I were to look at your picture, um, I'd be like, how did he pose that? Like, how did he not, how are there not wires? How does he not pose it? And there's a couple other accounts that actually have TikTok accounts that show how they, they do the video where they show how they pose everything and then how they edited everything out. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's really like, what's that like for you to kind of pull back the curtain and show like the, like how much work actually goes into just that one photo? Uh, so there are two sides to that coin. I think the first side and the most important side is that, um, you know, people should never hoard creativity. There's no such thing as an original idea. It's just, you know, you're reinventing the wheel. Someone's figuring out a new way to do something um, or re- like you said, I, I was recreating a comic book cover, mm-hmm. right? There was not originality behind mm-hmm. the the piece. Right. But 
sharing knowledge is something that's always been extremely important to me. Uh, I was an educator by trade for many, many years. And uh, it's this old Jewish proverb that, that my mom goes by um, that, <clears throat> and it, I think it was originally money or knowledge or whatever, but the, the way we say it is uh, knowledge is like manure. It's not worth a damn unless it's spread around encouraging young things to grow. Mm-hmm. And if you're not giving out your knowledge and you're just hoarding it, then you, you don't really have any knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's knowledge without spreading it has no power. Uh, so I really try to encourage other people and, and, you know, why, why hoard what I learned from someone? I didn't figure this out on my own. None of us did, right? None of us invented these apps and programs, uh, or cameras or toys. Mm -hmm. None of us invented these. So I learned it from someone. Why not give it back? Mm -hmm. Look at what it's done for me. Look at the joy that it brings me. I want to give that to other people. Uh, I want to share my knowledge. Um, Jason Young, uh, he, his handle on Instagram is work more or less, you know, he was a a big encouragement with that in teaching people. Uh, he's very knowledggeable about a lot of things. He's a, he's a graphic designer, uh, by trade and a wonderful photographer has a, an amazing artistic eye. And on top of that is just the most humble person and wants to give back everything he knows. Uh, so, you know, I was very inspired by that and, um, you know, I don't, yeah, it just, I guess I'm at a loss for words on how to, how exactly to describe it, but uh, I just love giving back to people and seeing them flourish then and knowing that, uh, I guess it's a little bit selfish knowing that I had a hand in helping someone be more creative or, or realize their own creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's about just sharing. Um, Yeah. Well, I, the reason the, the reason I brought it up was because I think one of my barriers to entry um, in in doing some of this stuff was making it look perfect. Like there's there's a piece of that when it goes to like my YouTube videos. Everybody's giving me feedback and they're like, "Oh, your room's too dark, or you're not close enough, or whatever." And I, or like you can't see the figures in the video. And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't care." Like I need to get the content out. Like I'm not selling the toy. If you want to see good pictures right. of the toy, I put a full gallery on the website. So if you want close-ups, then go there. If you want my take and my my piece of it, because that's what I'm doing with it, then that's what I'm doing. And if you can see my face and you can hear my voice, that's all I care about. And with the photography piece, um, I really, I'm forty. I'm gonna be forty-two, and. I really didn't realize how much editing went into some of the work that you guys do. Um, And so I would look at these pieces going, I can't do that. Like, I just can't (laughs) like, and it, and it was not knowing that there was editing. I thought it was like 90% setup and like 10% editing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's like, you know, 25% setup and like 75% editing. And I'm like, well, I can't do the editing. I'm just, I, 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 I'm not like, I'm, I, I don't know the programs well enough or understand them well enough. Um, and then my ADHD kicks in and I'm like, I, I tried to take classes over the quarantine on editing mm-hmm. and stuff. And like, I would get like half an hour into a class and be like, Oh look, I can play with this on my desk. And I would, <laughs> <laughs> it was really hard. And so I appreciate that, but it also kind of reframed like those kind of posts help reframe learning about it because instead of like going, okay, I can't work Photoshop. Like I've tried, I've done a bunch of things. I've tried a different bunch of ways. I can't, but what I can learn how to do is angles um, and lighting. And then I can create my own style and I don't have to, cause you know, there's a little bit of replication when you're learning something of oh, imitating, always. you know, the imitation mm-hmm. piece until you can find your own, um, your own style, your own, um, path to doing something. Um, and so I've, I've started looking at different ways to kind of create those, those moments or those, those photos. Um, and, and the style is different for everyone. So like, I'm, I'm okay with like the hodgepodge of like, sometimes they're close up pictures, sometimes they're group shots, sometimes they're posed, sometimes they're, 
but like my thing is it's like it's naked like there's very little whatever editing i do is through instagram like it's just changing the balances of some of the colors and some of the lighting effects and like kind of showing off like that's my style because that brings me joy and sometimes i call it art with what i do yeah of course um and so it's been it's been freeing to see what goes into it and being able to appreciate the work that you guys put into the art of it. Um, but then finding where, where my art can start with it, like where my, where my circle is. Um, and I like to grow it. Like I like to do other things. Like I can build dios pretty well. Like I can really build them. Um, but I can't, I can't do the setup. Like, I, and that's why I think I started building dio pieces was because I couldn't do the Photoshop manipulation. Like I couldn't do the backgrounds and the cutouts and, and putting the figures in and changing, you know, details on them. So I was like, okay, if I can't do it digitally, I'm going to do it practically and I'm going to build this. And yeah, you know, that's, it, that's been a different journey. And I think that's the other side to that coin was uh, in, in showing my behind the scenes is showing people that there, you know, there are so many mediums in art. And you don't have to do what everyone else is doing to be an artist. Mm -hmm. um, you know, early on in, in toy photography, I was kind of shunned by different people within the community um, because I didn't do a lot of practical shots. Uh, and I would be deemed the lazy photographer because I wouldn't have these dios and these setups. Mm -hmm. Some people can't afford it. Yeah. Some people can't afford a, a camera. Right. Um, you know, I was doing up until last year, all of my toy photography was with my phone. Yeah. Um, you know, some people can't afford loom cubes. Yeah. I have tap lights from target, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, I can't afford a monthly subscription to Photoshop. So uh, through other friends helping me and through searching, I found various different free apps. So I could kind of jerry rig and get something that looks like a Photoshop, um, but showing that behind the scenes is being confident in my, in my style and showing that uh, I am a lazy photographer. I'm not a photographer. Right. I'm an artist. Right. Uh, and that was something I have a watu, Tom, uh, a friend of mine. Um, that was kind of something that he opened my eyes to. He calls him, he says he's not a photographer, but that mother effer is <laughs> an amazing photographer. Uh, but, you know, I don't have to be a photographer and I don't have to have all of these dios and these setups and I don't have to have these amazing uh, pieces that people put out. I don't have to be them. Yeah. They're them and they're amazing in their art and I don't knock them. Right. Um, but within the community, you don't have to have uh, just practical or just digital or just someone who draws over the, the eyes and faces or just someone who does like an ACBA where they manipulate the the wires and stands behind certain um accessories and pieces because it's amazing right. and i love it right. and i don't have the time the energy or the artistic eye to do that my artistic eye comes from drawing mm -hmm. so if i can take a picture of a toy and draw on it and make it look like something that i appreciate and others appreciate then i'm going to to show them that they don't need to go out and and buy these apps or learn these things or um, and that's, I, I mentioned ACBA, you know, they have a group, I believe it's a, it's a Facebook group where when you join that group, they talk to each other about that style and right. they teach each other about that style. So that's incredible. Just don't knock someone else's style. There are tons of different styles. So I just, I try to show people that, uh, for lack of a better word, there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's yeah. going to be a better saying for that. <laughs> you think nowadays. You think of it. No, but it's true. It's, it's, and it's, I think sometimes when, when you come into something like it, it's, it's overwhelming and it's daunting. And it's been one of the things that I've worked at in the last year is to build community um, within the people that I work with and talk to. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been through the podcast, like meeting people like you, talking to you and having these kind of conversations and kind of breaking down some of the walls but then also like taking away the the collector mentality of it. Like I need to have it and I don't want anybody else to have it or I want it so that nobody else has it or I want to get it first. Um, you know, that kind of whole, there's always going to be the competition. There's always going to be what's the grail of your collection or what's the thing that nobody else has and that you're proud of. But 
at the same time, it's a little bit of like, um, it's been fun to kind of nurture this, like becoming really good friends with Eric and Dave at Adventures in Collecting and talking to you and, and being able to talk to some of the other sites, um, like, uh, MJ at, at Toto Toy Recon and just kind of sharing these things out and, and becoming this little community that helps each other that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, forwards this stuff and saying, Hey, we all like the same stuff and we come at it from different angles. So how can we lift each other up and make each other better? I think yeah. There are been... so many people outside of our community that don't understand what we do or why we love it. So we get enough hate from the outside yeah. Why destroy ourselves from the inside? And it's not just with art, like you just mentioned, collecting. I think that's why um, the page Toy Shiz does so well. Yeah. Is the, his stories are all but dedicated to resharing what other people are finding in the wild and where they can find it. Yeah. Right. So even within collecting, share what you know. Why do you have to hoard? Why do you have to be the one? Sure, I love to be the first one to get a toy, but that's for my own personal gratification. I I enjoy the hunt. Yeah. Uh, but if I see two on the shelf, I'm going to buy one for myself. And if I know there's someone else who needs it, I'm going to buy it for them. Yeah. And if I don't know someone that needs it, I'm going to post it in my story and let everyone know where to get it. Right. Yeah. Why? Why would I want to? I wouldn't want it hidden from me. So why would I want to hide it from others? Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good way to end. I think that's we're about an hour. And <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to go. So tell everybody where they can find more about you and where you find your stuff. Uh, so my art you can find at Blainer Things on Instagram. Uh, I also have a Twitter Blainer Things. That's more just my opinions in words. Um, and then I do have a YouTube channel. I don't review too often. Like I said, I just have way too many hobbies. Uh, so Instagram is probably the, the best way to find me. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. It's been, it's been fun to get to know you and, and I hope everybody enjoyed and uh, go check out all the artwork. It's, it's been great to kind of watch it kind of grow. So thanks for oh, Thank you so much. Anytime. This podcast was brought to you by Jackson Studios. Jax!